Strong and meaningful relationships are essential to our well-being as human beings. Our ability to start and maintain relationships can bring meaning to our lives as well as reduce our stress. But quality relationships take work. As firefighters and first responders, we tend to bond over extreme situations, but then we keep people at bay who don't share in those extreme situations. It's one of the reasons why firefighters and nurses come together and do what's called trauma bonding. I mean, it could probably be called something else too, but we'll save that for a whole different episode. <laughs> we'll leave that one alone for right now. Uh, in today's episode, I'm going to focus on relationships, which is the third element in the FIRE framework that I personally use in my life to help refine myself. And I'll share how using this framework can help you in all important areas of your life. We feel like it's up to us to hold the line As we light the spark within ourselves It comes from way deep down inside We're so sick of the status quo We are here to let you know Unaddressed problems are a liability Core values, the brotherhood you need Accountability Ignited we stand Ignited we fall Remember People are connected now more than ever when it comes to our ability to communicate with each other. Now that I'm speaking in a logistic term, right? I'm not saying that we have become better at it. All I'm saying is that our ability to communicate with each other has grown. Now, like I said, that doesn't mean we're all that good or that we're doing it even all that often. And oftentimes we take it for granted how much our personal relationships affect us and how they can change our lives for better or worse. So I'd like to first start off by talking about how relationships benefit us as human beings, as individuals. And then I'd like to share some practical uh, steps that we can take in order to start, initiate, and foster quality relationships. So the first thing that I learned was uh, in doing my deep dive here is that relationships elongate lives. And <clears throat> Excuse me. I recently read a study uh, that revealed that people who enjoy a healthy relationship with their partner live longer. Uh, these relationships can be platonic as well as romantic, but there is definitely a correlation between both types of relationships and the type of stress one deals with throughout life. People who have a strong sense of be belonging also live longer. They feel as if they're a part of a supportive network which makes them more resilient to stress and other negative events that occur in their life. Now, for those of you who work in EMS and the fire service, you see this all the time. You see this often when, you know, people are, have been married for a long time and then one, and they have had a very close relationship. Oftentimes when one of the spouses, one of the people die, the spouse often who is the spouse who is left behind often follows their partner in death very quickly, um, which is kind of sad, but it's also kind of romantic in that their, their meaning, they have had so much meaning in that relationship and that relationship is no longer there that they just kind of give, I don't want to say give up, but they just don't feel 
that uh, that purpose and meaning. And like I said, it's like a bittersweet feeling, right? Like it's it's somewhat romantic, but at the same time, it's kind of sad because they're they're left without that that feeling of purpose and meaning through that relationship. But my goal in talking about this is is that those people who typically have those long lasting relationships throughout their life live a long time because they have something and someone really to live for. And uh, I know pets help us with that sense of purpose and meaning and and like love and give and take and that relationship too. So that's why you see a lot of uh, elderly people with, with pets because it gives them that relationship where they're caring for someone and someone is, is giving them that love and affection in return as simple as that is, but still it's meaningful. It's meaningful. And therein brings me to my next uh, point is that relationships bring great joy. They are a cornerstone of happiness and living a full life. And this is because they come with a wide array of rewards. They provide us with friends and family to share experiences with and people who can help us out when we are going through tough times. Have you ever heard of the term, your network is your net worth? This highlights the idea that the quality of your life is based on the quality of your relationships. And I think it was Tony Robbins that, that said that. Um, st- stands out in my mind. That sounds like something Tony Robbins would say. So I'm probably like pretty sure that, that he's the one who said that. Um, <clears throat> but that doesn't mean that you have to have a lot of people around you all the time, unless you enjoy that kind of thing. But what it does mean is that the relationships that you do have should be high quality. Quality over quantity, right? Personally, I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. But I know that some people really thrive if they are surrounded by a lot of people. Now, I personally don't want or need that, and you may not either, and that's totally okay. But if you're the type of person who likes to have a lot of people around you, I hope you have the, the energy and the interest to foster and maintain the quality of those relationships and that they aren't just fleeting um, as some kind of self-serving, hey, look how popular I am kind of attitude. Because in the end, that's going to leave you feeling empty. Uh, I briefly mentioned this uh, in the last little section that I was talking about, but relationships provide support uh, to help you get through tough times. And having people help you through the struggles you'll face can make all the difference. Sometimes it's your family that can be there for you, but other times it's your friends and coworkers that can help boost you up when things get tough. In the fire service, we like to think of our crews as our extended family. It would be very sad to think that there isn't at least one person on your crew or within your whole organization that you could go or that you couldn't go to as a source to help build you up. I hope and I pray that you do have at least one person within your organization that could be that person for you. But if you don't, that's okay. You can go outside the organization, build up those relationships there, or maybe even take this as an opportunity to identify someone you would like to have be that person for you. Reach out to them, foster a new relationship, strengthen it, build it. If we don't have a strong support system behind us, then we are doing ourselves a disservice. Now, can things be done on our own? Yes. But do you always need to do them on your own? No. 
took me a long time to learn that. I am very independent. I was very prideful in that, in that I didn't need help. I didn't need it. And it got me to the point where I was bitter and I was like, well, I don't want it. I don't need it and therefore I don't want it. But I was missing out on a lot of relationships. I was missing out on those friendships and, and those instances where I could build that bridge with someone and have that support system that I felt uh, I didn't need. Now, did I need it, quote unquote? Maybe not. Would it have been nice to have? Absolutely. So seek out people who are aligned with your goals or at the very least want to see you win. You can find these people at the firehouse. You can find them in online communities and even on your street or in your apartment building. There are lots of ways to build your support network. So another thing that relationships help us do is that they help us relate to other people. Excuse me. The more we understand how others operate, the better we are at relating to other people. Sounds like a no-brainer, right? This is one of the reasons why I'm such a fan of reading fiction books. Well, reading books in general, but specifically fiction books in particular. You get to learn about quote-unquote people, right? Characters and their insights and their perspectives, all while being on the outside looking in as a casual observer. Then when you make your way through the book, you get to form your own opinion on how you might handle the situation that the characters find themselves in. This allows you to exercise your ability to empathize because you're exposing yourself to other people's lives and experiences, albeit fictional, but there's still value in it. Our ability to relate to and interact with other people has a huge impact on our lives. I've talked about why personal relationships are important, but now, like I mentioned earlier, I'd like to shift things a bit and talk about some practical ways that we can work toward fostering and maintaining strong relationships with the people that we care about. So I've got uh, eight, no, I've got nine points here that I'd like to discuss. So let's start, obviously, with number one. Make one-on-one -on -one time a priority. We're all short on time. And there are so many distractions that exist in our world today, which is exactly why it's so important to make sure that you're prioritizing time with the people that you care about and you give them your undivided attention. Now, I'm guilty of this, too, mainly because I'm so distractible. Um, like I'm the guy that has like 18 different tabs open, right? And three different windows and each window has, an, has like 20 tabs because... I'm constantly reading and learning about new things and I get easily distracted. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I was reading that article when I got distracted with this article. And so sometimes I just have to close it out and focus on the one thing at a time because I'm not giving that thing its due attention, which is super rude, especially if you're, you're on the phone with someone, right? If you're on the phone with someone or can you imagine like being in front of someone and then just like getting on your phone when you're having a conversation with them? And, and they just like get on their phone and start scrolling through social media or whatever. And you're just kind of like talking to a wall now. I've had that happen to me. And I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of it sometimes because I am, which, you know, shamefully I admit. But we can all do better in this thing. Making one-on-one -on -one time a priority. Put time in your day to give someone a phone call 
or invite someone to go to lunch with you. Giving someone your complete attention creates a more positive environment and shows how much you genuinely care about that relationship and that person as an individual. Number two, make an effort to improve your communication skills. Along with giving someone your undivided attention, it's imperative that you're able to pick up on both verbal and nonverbal communication cues. Improving your communication skills can prevent misunderstandings and bring people closer together. So next time you're with someone, pay attention as they speak. Ask open-ended questions. If you're unclear on something, don't jump to conclusions. Don't make assumptions. Ask for more details and get clarification. One of my favorite things to ask people is, or to, to say, I guess it's not really an ask. It's kind of like a demand, <laughs> is tell me more about that. So not only does it help me gain more understanding of what they're trying to tell me, they understand that I'm genuinely interested in what they have to say. I say this a lot to my patients as well. If they're, if they're unable to like hone in on what it is or, or adequately describe what it is that they called us for, I'll say something like, tell me more about that thing. Or tell me more about the pain you're experiencing. It's requiring that deeper level of understanding so I can really get a grasp on what it is that they're trying to tell me. And it works with casual conversations too. You don't have to, you know, solely practice this in an emergency situation. Try it out. Try it out this week. When you're in a conversation and you're talking to someone, say, tell me more about that and see how deep that conversation goes and how much more you connect with that person. Number three, focus on positive ideas and commonalities between you and the people you know. Researchers have found that positive and beneficial ideas and behaviors spread more quickly than negative ones. So I kind of found this hard to believe at first because I've been told the exact opposite for so many years, like negative news and negative, you know, like reviews or whatever spreads like wildfire. But the research that I was reading stated the opposite. This doesn't mean to ignore all issues within a relationship, which I'll talk about in a second, but make sure to make a habit of focusing on the positive things, such as something that is commonly enjoyed by both parties or among a group of people. If the group of people that you constantly find yourself around is interested in doing something that you find harmful or distasteful or just plain negative, then it's time to find yourself some new people. So I know it can be hard to, if, if you're finding it harder and harder and more difficult to identify, excuse me, the positive things with the people that you're communing with, might be time to switch people out. Might be time to create some boundaries. Um, or in the very least, like make it known that, hey, uh, I don't really like talking about this stuff. Or I feel like this is really negatively affecting how things are going. Which brings me to number four. Address issues as soon as they arise. In all relationships, there are points during which conflict will arise. You do not want to ignore these problems because they will become bigger, larger issues further down the road. Considering the other person's point of view is a necessary part of maintaining a strong relationship and it will allow you to understand them more. Think of like a, a house fire, 
right? We don't get on scene. And then if it's a small fire, we're like, yeah, we'll wait till it gets a little bigger. Or this little fire is not that big of a deal. Because what happens if we ignore that? What happens if we don't address the issue? It becomes a very big deal. And it becomes so much of a big deal that we have to recruit more people to help us. We have to employ more resources. And the risk and the risk of injury goes up exponentially the longer we wait to address the issue, which is crazy because, uh, you know, in a 911 sense of it, we want to expedite the issue and, and like mitigate the problem as soon as we can. But when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our personal lives, we tend to be a bit ignorant when it comes to addressing those issues as soon as they arise. We don't really want to be uncomfortable. We want to choose harmony over honesty, right? Which I am in favor of the other route, choosing honesty over harmony, because sometimes the honesty is difficult and it's going to disrupt some things. But therein is where you find where your true people and your true quality relationships are. So we want to address those issues as soon as they come up. We want to choose honesty over harmony because ultimately that that harmony is false, right? Let's talk about um, something that also disrupts true harmony, and that's making covert contracts. So number five is do not make covert contracts. Well, what is a covert contract? This is when you get upset because you expect something from someone, but you fail to communicate that thing to them. So for example, if I let the trash pile up over weeks because I'm expecting my kids to take it out, but I never communicated that to them, then do I really have the right to be upset at them? No, I don't. The answer is no. How often do we do this in our relationships? I see people do this at work all the time, all the time. So I can only imagine how things must be at home for them when they're constantly making these covert contracts where they are not communicating clearly what it is they expect and then they get mad at you for not meeting that secret ghost of an expectation, how unfair is that? Like that, you're just doing wrong by people left and right when you do that. How often are we expecting something from someone that we've decided they should be doing to make us feel better, but we've completely failed to communicate them or that thing to them? We're all guilty of it. I've done it. I know you've done it. Maybe you didn't have a term for it, but now that you do, maybe now you have a term for it, it can be on your radar. You can be a little more conscious about not doing that thing. The idea is to recognize when we're doing it. So rather than leave things as they are, we can bridge that integrity gap and openly and effectively communicate our wants, our needs, our desires, our expectations. Number six, support the goals of others. And this one's simple, guys. Find out what the people close to you wish to accomplish and offer to help them to achieve those things within your ability, of course. Even if it's awareness of what it is they're working on, that can go a long way. Even if you're just like, hey, I see you're working hard on this thing, man. That's that's really impressive. Like, I don't really understand the ins and outs of it. Um, I'd love to help you in any way you can, but I just wanted to let you know that I see you working hard and you're really kicking ass, like you're really doing it. That goes a long way, guys. As someone who is constantly working towards something and like 
openly. Like there are things that I, you know, I, there are some moves I'm making in the dark here cause I don't want uh, people to see my whole hand, but sometimes there'll be things I'm openly working on, like at the kitchen table at the station. And like, it's weird because it's like people go out of their way to not talk to you about it. It's so odd. I, I don't understand. I don't understand it. But anyway, I, I guess maybe it's just that I'm very interested in what my crew or the people around me are, are doing in that I'm interested in what they're doing to better themselves or to gain knowledge or, you know, whatever it may be. If they're reading a new book, I'm going to be like, Ooh, what book is that? What's it about? What are your thoughts on it? Like I'm, I'm genuinely interested in those things. And so maybe I ask a lot of, you know, annoying questions and maybe people see me as annoying, but there's one thing that's certain. They know that I'm interested in what it is they're doing and I'm being genuine about it. I'm not just, you know, falsely building these relationships. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in real, real quality relationships. Moving on, express the appreciation you have for the people in your life. Let the important people in your life know that they are important and thank them for being there for you and thank them for all of those things that they do for you. Wouldn't it be nice to get a text message from someone that's important to you and read and it reads something like, hey man, I really appreciate your insight on that thing I was hung up on last week. I've been able to approach things differently since we talked and have a lot more clarity on things. Anyway, just wanted to say thanks. How, how great would that feel, right? I've recently made the decision that Whenever I think a positive thought about someone, whether they are a handshake away or an email away, text message away, I'm going to stop at that moment and I'm going to make sure to communicate that positive thing to them. It doesn't have to be some grandiose gesture. It can be something as simple as, hey man, your new place looks amazing. Washington looks beautiful. Imagine instead of liking right on Facebook or double tapping a heart on IG post or story or something, instead of just doing like, that's literally the bare minimum, right? Instead of just doing that, what if you sent them a short voice message or even a video sharing your thoughts? It'll go a long way and it'll strengthen the bond you have with that person. I just had a birthday. April 11th was my birthday. Go Aries. And I had a couple people send me video messages they took time out of their day and it was only like 30 seconds to maybe a minute, not even that, but they were like, Hey Ryan, I see what you're doing. You're working hard. You're killing it. I hope you have a happy birthday. It was so simple. It was so simple. And it was from people that I just wouldn't particularly expect, but they took the time out of their day to do that thing. And so I'm really gonna try to pass that along and pay that forward because Getting those video messages was friggin' amazing, especially by the people who sent them to me. Like some of these people are heavy hitters, guys, and I'm not like going to drop names or anything like that. But some of these people are are very influential in like entertainment spaces and um, social media spaces, fire, fire service spaces, all of that. It goes a long way, guys. So I would challenge you to do one of those this week. Just think of someone that I don't care who it is. It doesn't have to be, uh, it can be a family member, close friend, whatever. Just send them a little, little video message. Just record a little video message, send it to them. They are going to love it. Trust me. Number eight, 
listen to others, and develop empathy. Coming off the coattails of what I just shared with you about expressing appreciation, appreciation, sorry, (laughs) remember the words of Maya Angelou. People may forget what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. I'm not really sure all that much else needs to be said about that. So moving on to number eight, remove toxic people from your life. Do it. Cut them out. Get rid of them. Healthy relationships take effort and energy, but they also give back energy. Those are the relationships that you want to strengthen. Those are the ones that you want around. Toxic relationships only take away while not giving anything back to you. So maintaining toxic relationships, excuse me, maintaining toxic relationships takes all of your energy and time so that you are unable to focus on things that really matter, like, excuse me, I got the hiccups, (laughs) like healthy relationships, achieving your goals, and working to improve yourself in a myriad of different ways. If you're constantly having to shore people up who are dragging you down with their volatile emotionality or who are constantly feeding you a barrage of negative things, cut ties, cut them out. Stop reaching out to these people. It's really as simple as that. If those people notice that you've left the room and want to find out why and be a part of your life again, then make sure you you know define some firm boundaries and let them know why you stepped away from things in the first place. Maybe they'll they'll be willing to understand that boundary. Maybe they won't. And you know what? Maybe they'll just self-select out, which is awesome. Because when people self-select out of your life, it, it cuts the work out for you. They've done the work for you. So awesome. There's nothing wrong with protecting yourself. In fact, there is everything right about it. So be sure to cut out any toxic relationships that are no longer benefiting you. You might feel guilt at first. I get it. But understand that you are your most prized asset and you must be protected first and foremost. So I'm extending a challenge to you right now. I've extended a couple different challenges to you. But this challenge is to reach out to the first person that comes to your mind when I ask you this question. Who has been in my corner recently and supported me when I needed it? Reach out to that person. Send them a text message. Send them a voice message or even better yet, a video message telling them just what their support has meant to you. Building relationships uh, is a lot easier than you think it is. It just takes a concerted effort. Remember, you've got 24 usable hours in every day. How you use them is up to you. Focusing on your relationships and doing the work it takes to nurture them will enrich your life and build an incredible support system for you. So understand that this is part three of four. Uh, This is the R in the FIRE framework, relationships, right? And inside the FORGE, we work on refining ourselves by igniting our FIRE. We focus on our intellect. I'm sorry, (laughs) first, F-I-R-E, right? We focus on our fitness, then our intellect, our relationships, and our energy. And through this framework, we set goals and complete daily objectives that will help us reach our unique goals. Next week is, or next episode, what is it, two Mondays from now, is going to be the final part in this four-part series with a focus on energy. I'll talk all about that, what that means, how to foster it, how to apply it, all of that stuff. So if you're looking 
to join the ranks of other people who are actively feeding their fire by using this fire framework and are becoming stronger for it, join the forge. Click the link in the show notes or in my bio, fill out an application. Once I receive it, I'll contact you and I will personally get you all set up. So that wraps it up for part three of this special series, this four-part series of the Ignited Firefighter podcast. Uh, like I said, this series is specifically focusing on the fire framework that I share and and help you construct your own framework within those uh, categories within the forge and uh, understand that the action that we take in working on each category and ultimately refining ourselves uh, in the process is going to help us improve exponentially. So thanks again. And until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Feed your fire and be the person that you were meant to be. Be the firefighter you would want in your crew. Be the roommate you would want to have, right? Be ignited. <laughs>